0: This is Dune Talk, a DuneNewsNet.com production. Join us now for the latest Dune news, reactions, and lively discussions. Hey, everyone. It's that time of week, and we're here with a brand new episode of Dune Talk. This is the official show of DuneNewsNet.com, where we cover everything Dune, whether it's on the screen or on the page. We're getting closer and closer to the release of the Dune Part 2 movie, and today we also have some very exciting gaming announcements and new collectibles to discuss. This is Marcus Gabriel, your editor at Dunenewsnet.com, and the rest of the Dune Talk crew is here with me.
1: Hey everybody, it's Garen. Excited to be on with the Dune crew today, and uh, really excited about the topics today, and you'll know why in just a few minutes. (laughs) Hey everyone, Johnny Sobchak here again.
2: Thanks for joining us. Uh, Yeah, it's a good little batch of news nothing too crazy movie wise but uh, again we were just saying before the show legendary seems to have a good mixture of stuff for dune fans coming this year
3: simon dowdy here uh as soon as i saw the topic that we were talking about i said this is going to be a garen centric episode so garen this is this is your show today
0: (laughs) great let's let's dive into the latest news
1: dune movie news
0: First up, Dune Part 1 is getting a new 4K Ultra HD Steelbook release. Although this hasn't been officially announced yet, this was posted on Twitter by at the, the Father, who has a long track record of advanced reporting on physical media releases. So if you remember, back in 2022, there were already few limited-run Steelbooks sold at various retailers. Uh, Simon, I know you managed to get the Best Buy exclusive uh, version. What did you think of that uh, release? So originally, when the movie was
3: released on home video, Uh, I didn't have a 4K player, so I ended up picking up just a standard Blu-ray, then got the 4K. And as some of you know, I work at Best Buy. And one day there was an order that came in and it said Steelbook Dune. I was like, what? No, those are out of print. And I went insane looking for the extra copy that we had in store. I was able to pick it up. Uh, It's gorgeous. And what I remember is the Steelbook was exclusive to Best Buy. Now, is this new Steelbook going to be exclusive to Best Buy? I don't know. The disc fodder is really a reliable source for 4K and any home physical release. I do like the artwork more on the original release. But knowing me, I'll probably still end up picking it picking it up. I mean, I have several copies of the 84 movie and... I have several copies of the
0: 2021 movie. So yeah, I'll pick up another book right now. Uh, zero word about whether this is going to have any differences compared to the previous 4K releases, if it contains any extras. Uh, to be honest, I wouldn't get hopes up in that regard. Um, but yeah, uh, touching on a related topic for a moment, and this has been <laughs> recurring a discussion point online. Uh, since we got the first home releases, um, the, the IMAX version of uh, of Dune with its full uh, 140 three to one aspect ratio has been a frequent topic of comparisons like uh even secrets of dune he had a nice video about on, that on his channel like last year some some time. so like that begs the question johnny would you expect that we'll eventually get a blu-ray release with the imax aspect ratio of either 143 or 190 is, is there any precedent for this
2: yeah it's a good question um i would like to see it I'm, I'm all for including the, the IMAX aspect ratios on, on home media. A few different films that have used that aspect ratio in that format have gotten that. I know just off the top of my head, a few films that I have. Of course, Christopher Nolan's films are probably the most uh, obvious example. And that goes all the way back to the Dark Knight Blu-ray. Um, and then you have, you know, Aquaman, I remember had it. Mission Impossible Fallout had certain sequences on the the 4K and the Blu-ray that have it. Um, Dune did not, and I know a lot of people were dismayed about that. I didn't get too bent out of shape, uh, fortunately. It's just because like I just kind of had to accept it. Plus, the way that that rollout went theatrical and the HBO situation just kind of had to let let that go. Um, but I am curious. Yeah, as you mentioned, this new release doesn't seem at this point to have any differences, and I wouldn't you know hold my breath that it will. I do think it would be cool at some point to have that release. I get the sense that Villeneuve, A, he may have um, some sort of kind of gatekeeping uh, stance on the IMAX being on the home media, because he maybe wants to maintain that as just a theatrical-only aspect of it. However, that could change in regards to the fact that Dune Part Two is supposedly filmed in full IMAX, as far as the aspect ratio is concerned. So when that film comes out on 4k and blu-ray probably it's going to have to have that full aspect ratio um so i'm expecting that to be the case for part two and what my hope is and given how much time has passed since the release of part one and i'm sure they may even do an imax re-release of part one uh fingers crossed uh for a double feature when part two comes out i'm hoping that they'll do some sort of re-release or maybe even a combo home release of the two with both of them having the IMAX, you know, aspect ratio. Of course, Dune part one doesn't have full for the duration of the entire film, like part two will, but it does have some extended sequences. I can't remember what the exact percentage is, but, um, you know, those sequences are, they were amazing in IMAX when I saw it, and I would certainly like to see it uh, at home and have that just for the library. So I think there is an opportunity. I would say it's probably like 50-50, whether it happens or not. Um, but I think we're, we're, we are we're could be like a year away from finding out if that does happen, because the home release for part two probably won't be until February maybe of next year, um, around Oscar, Oscar time. So um, yeah, that's just my own two cents, but it, it's certainly, I know some people have very strong feelings about this. I just kind of have to accept whatever decision is going to be I don't think about it too much but the steelbook by the way that that uh, Simon was referencing I do I have it as well and it is it matches my background <laughs> it's it's beautiful and I was lucky enough to get it so yeah I I like that and I'm looking forward to whatever the part two you know steelbook options are going to be and um, I think they'll uh, you know again they're already doing another steelbook for part one so I'm thinking they're probably going to keep the options open and Hopefully the IMAX you know, ratio will be part of those options.
3: I think it's a good marketing point to re-release it in Steelbook because there are people that just are diehard Steelbook collectors. And also if you release it a month before, even two months before part two, it's bringing Dune back into people's attention. And you know, the 4K and the Blu-ray was one of the number one selling home physical release last year. So fingers crossed that it does come out and it's not just some internet rumor.
0: Okay, now let's move on to our big topic for today. The Duneverse. Books, comics, games, collectibles, and more. Last weekend at the Xbox Game Showcase, we got a special announcement. Dune is coming to Microsoft flight simulator. That's right, on November 3rd, same date that the second movie releases, an official expansion is coming out, allowing players to step into the cockpit and pilot the house of trainees Ornithopter. You'll be able to fly over the mysterious landscapes of Arrakis. And we got a visually stunning one-minute trailer sh- showcasing that in-game footage. If you haven't seen the announced trailer yet, watch it on DoNewsNet.com or on our YouTube channel as the previously uploaded uh, video. Well, I'm sure at least one of us has a lot to say here. <laughs> let's see who should go first hmm. no kidding uh how about me garen uh let, let me just ask you straight out is is this a dream come true for you
1: <laughs> i don't know about a dream come true but honestly because i have been an aspiring pilot in my younger years and a huge fan of vilna's ornithopter design yeah this is pretty much a dream come true and and it's really cool because the whole idea of creating an ornithopter that's practical that actually even though what they designed was was this you know huge set piece that's like 11 tons right i know practically that actually couldn't fly but the design and the way it was put together is practical so it makes sense that this would be something that would fit into the genre of uh the flight sim community because because it it, it should work, right? I mean, I realize it's in a different world than our own. But the whole idea of just being able to to get in the cockpit and see see what you would see and control it the way the way it's depicted in in dune part one. and I can only imagine, you know, in in battle sequences in part two, um, I just think this is so cool. And I'm gonna have to get a new, uh, I'm gonna have to get an X, Xbox uh, X um and I'm gonna have to get some new equipment but yeah this is just so so cool and what I like about it is it's it's done in a way that's kind of being respectful to the fact that this idea not only began with Frank Herbert right so so he creates this this conception this concept of a flying vehicle that that is described as wings of a have has wings of a bird but but Villeneuve went with more of a dragonfly sort of insect kind of design. But the fact that it was, it was uh, created as something very practical in the book, extremely well done in Villeneuve's movie, very practical, very realistic. The sounds, the engine, the jet flares, the landing gear, everything is just so well done that I, yeah, I just couldn't be more thrilled that they're actually trying to make this into a a practical flight sim that will give me the opportunity to feel like i'm flying one of these things i mean <laughs> i'd really like to be able to fly one into battle that would probably be the <laughs> but just being able to fly around arrakis and land in the different areas of uh you know in the in the geographic area that they'll have in the flight sim as it's described in some videos we've seen um yeah i just can't wait i can't i mean i can't wait for part two but i'm gonna be about just as excited to to try out the flight simulator and fly the ornithopter so
3: you're just gonna have a field day like you're gonna come home from watching part two and then you're just gonna take off on your ornithopter i mean you you already be flying the ornithopter as you're waiting for part two yeah that's
2: that's what i was gonna say i'm just imagining this this loop for days on end of, of Garen going to the movie theater and coming back and doing the fight simulator, going back to the I movie. Mean,
3: if, you if, I mean, well. I hope you have a lot of sick time at work because <laughs> I think you're going to be using it. Like a, no, honestly, team i got to work from home today. Yeah, uh,
1: uh, uh, I don't feel great. You guys, I have so much sick time uh, built up, seriously. <laughs> I, I need to use some, seriously.
3: Well, there you go in November. Uh no, but honestly, as soon as I saw this, I, I emailed Marcus. I was like, hey, can we put a low jack or maybe get in touch with Garen's wife and see if he's left the house like <laughs> that week? I just picture yeah. you in front of your TV, just like like a yeah, kid, no, just Christmas.
1: You guys can keep teasing me, but not only that, but I have my <laughs> new home theater set up and I have a 4K projection. Oh with, snap. Uh, like a a nine foot screen. I mean, it's gonna be awesome! Wow, <laughs> so like, the party at Garen's house
2: in November, guys. You hear
1: that?
3: Right? Come on, over. gonna have a Twitch. Garen's gonna have a Twitch account where he's be <laughs> streaming the game, everything. I love it. That, your your, your
2: uh, enthusiasm is infectious, Garen. I gotta say, I I definitely won't be partaking in this. I think it's it's safe to say, Um but it seems very, very cool. And we were talking about this before the show, but just a couple of um, friends of mine and kind of uh, acquaintances just that are enthusiastic about gaming and like aviation flight simulators. And then they are also movie fans and kind of Dune fans. And then there's that overlap. And it's just cool to see that there is, you know, a, a genuine attempt to Expand the universe, not even in in a storytelling perspective, but just in general, like awareness and uh, giving people more avenues to enjoy and explore Dune. Um, You know, people that may not even necessarily ever pick up the book, but, you know, they want to experience more of Dune, whether it's, you know, somewhere outside of just the films. And I think even around the release of part one, when, of course, we talked about the film for, uh, you know, weeks on end, I think. Uh, it was one of the things I think Garen highlighted about the ornithopters, uh, especially, and I think we all kind of just touched on was in him talking about the design. Now, just kind of refreshed this in my mind, but it it was done so incredibly well. The ornithopters, I mean, they are a very peculiar and specific type of vehicle, and you know you got to walk the line of making it fantastic, but also. Like something tangible, uh, as Villeneuve is so good at doing, and also, you know, we've seen so many other films and sci-fi pictures where they have aerial vehicles, whether it's Star Wars, Blade Runner, Alien, uh, Avatar, and how do you differentiate? It? How do you make it unique? I think they just have struck the balance so well. Patrice Vermet, who we'll talk about a little bit later, his design and um, and working with just the whole the whole conceptual crew and Villeneuve and his his vision. Um, George Hull, a designer. It's just really, really awesome how they've come. And again, this is just one example of how they're kind of pushing the ornithopter and giving it that platform, like utilizing the design really to its like fullest potential. So in, in some ways, so I think it is going to be, especially by the end of part two and you know, everything going to plan, other films maybe, and, and maybe television series. I think it is a design that is going to be, it's going to be, standing the test of time and will, you know, hold a place in people's minds and, and audiences going forward for for years to come. So again, this is very just another cool, cool channel for that.
0: Yeah, I mean, that, that design, it, it already feels uh, iconic, you know, you immediately rec- recognize uh, what it is. And yeah, to, to, to add to your points, you know, this is such a great idea for for a partnership. I mean, this is, uh, I think, one of the licensing initiatives that the whole community can feel proud to feel connect- um, to be connected with Dune. I mean, like Microsoft Flight Simulator, it's a household name, uh, really appealing to like casual players and experienced pilots alike. And I was checking the version it's on. Like the current version is is actually the 40th anniversary uh, version of, of the game. So it's basically been around since the advent of like, you know, like household computers. I mean, how impressive is that? You know, like r- really long, long-running long series.
3: You know, what's also great about it is someone that might not be into Dune might pick it up because it might look cool to them. And then being like, oh, wait, there's books, there's a movie, let me check it out. And you know, it's a good gateway drug. <laughs> I, I'm I'm loving that it's there for the 40th anniversary and no TIE Fighter or X-Wing. As much as I love Star Wars, dude wins this round.
1: <laughs> All of you have talked about this, but the iconic nature of the Ornithopter, I mean, my excitement is just around having fallen in love with. What Frank Herbert described in the book when I read as a teenager, but then seeing Villeneuve's design and how it just worked. it It felt real to me. It worked on screen. Um just all the pieces came together for me, sadly as it as it did not in in the eighty four film that was not an ornithopter in my. mind. It, it just didn't work in my mind did remind me of how iconic the x-wing and the tie fighter were it's like those became symbols of the star wars universe from the time i was you know 10 years old and 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 i think you guys are right I, i think the ornithopter is going to hold a place like that for the dune universe because it's immediately recognizable and and the other thing that's kind of interesting about it is Uh, maybe unlike star wars at this stage we don't have this vast array of transport vehicles or fighter vehicles in the dune universe Mm. Uh, now that that could change um so so you sort of have this this vehicle this this flying craft that is one of the main ways you get around on this planet if you want to be safe right so um i just think it 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 will visually hold an iconic place. And and I just love the respect that is kind of being given that by including it in something also as iconic as Microsoft Flight Simulator, which, like you were saying, Marcus, has been around since. I mean, I remember being a teenager and not even being able to have a computer yet because they were too expensive. But knowing there was this thing called a flight simulator, (laughs) thinking, oh, my gosh, that would be so amazing. (laughs) <laughs> and 40 years later, here we are with, with these two these two universes uh, intersecting. So, yeah, really cool stuff. Yeah,
0: and that's not all on this topic. So As uh, Johnny mentioned, uh, during the week, uh, GameSpot released a behind-the-scenes video uh, where the Microsoft Flight Simulator team, they actually visited uh, Budapest, uh, specifically uh, a warehouse where there are props from Dune Part Part 1. <laughs> that would be uh, really amazing to visit there sometime. So they they met up with uh, a Dune production designer, Patrice Vermette, and they sat inside the the film's uh, real size ornithopters, who we, as we've uh, heard before, like they actually weigh 11 tons and are like actually one one to one scale. Uh, Johnny, what was your biggest takeaway from from that clip?
2: Yeah, it was pretty cool to see. You know, we obviously we've been talking about the ornithopters uh, for a little bit now, and just the context of seeing it on screen and with the all the effects and the sound and. All the incredible, you know, on-screen magic that we get, and then to see, you know, you don't think about. Well, obviously, there's all these different elements that come together to bring it to life in the film, and then you never, I guess, think about. Well, in between or <laughs> after the movie's over, in between you know, productions and whatnot, like where does it go? Like, it, it, do they it just get rid of it? You know, do they dismantle it? What happens? And at least one of these is is in this, you know, warehouse you mentioned, and just really cool to see, you know, it's a peek into the production and and all the detail that goes into it. And Patrice Vermette, who's a genius and Oscar winner for Dune Part 1, and I'm sure has a chance to to be in contention for Dune Part 2, to hear him talk a little bit and like get the spotlight in that context, I think is pretty cool. You know, it's there's, you know, a number of of people behind the scenes and in the crew now that have gotten those chances from Hans Zimmer, Greg Frazier, and uh, et cetera. So I think... It's it's neat that they um, give it that kind of platform, and then just also in the context of the video, you know, it's kind of like one of those back lot kind of tours you'll see, like in LA, and and you have all these different props and vehicles, and yeah, I, I would very much like to visit and, and check it out, see what else they got over there.
3: You know what I thought was really interesting, and they brought it up in the video, is that they're like, oh yeah, we thought it was all going to be digital, but it's still analog. And they mentioned how important it is that even in the game that the buttons would be analog because there is no machine, there is no AI in the world of Dune, you know. And as someone that's terrified of AI, I was like, yes, thank you for bringing that back to, you know, the world of Dune and what Frank created. It it was a fun little video, you know. It was also nice just to see Patrice interact with people and showing his creations, and also that map of the game and kind of gives you a, an outline of all the missions.
1: Yeah, I love how Patrice Rimet said, or was it him that said um, in that video, the design was more like a 1960s helicopter. It, it wasn't like something from a typical science fiction movie or universe that we're used to, where, where you even have like heads-up display or anything. Like we have heads-up display now. Um, but but in the in Ornithopter design, they, they didn't have anything like that. And every button is, is is a button to be pressed or a switch to be flipped. Um, and it just has more of a almost uh, you know, like a like a Huey helicopter from Vietnam or something, you know. And the other the other thing that I, I was reminded of as we were watching that video was it it is an armored vehicle. It's not it's not like a helicopter which you know has extremely you know a thin fuselage it's like this thing is armored like it's going to be able to be able to hopefully survive you know in battle and, and and even the glass appears to be extremely you know thick and and maybe even uh, bullet resistant who knows but yeah just just the thought that went into how this vehicle how this aircraft will be used and and again i just can't wait for what part two could show us in terms of
0: the part that thopters play in those battles yeah and we, we've, we've heard that before but one of the other cool details was about how each single blade is independently controlled so you have this like amazing maneuverability like we've seen, seen that already in the first film about those, those dives and like how it can like suddenly go from uh, from fast flight to, to hovering uh, over and um specifically relating to the to the expansion they, they mentioned that it includes a secret mission uh so there's no details yet but may- maybe there is something comet related or something to do with like the spice harvester or like uh, something like that like that but yeah that, that'll be interesting so it sounds like it's not just gonna be you know a case of just you can fly uh around you know the the interesting locations but there's actually going to be some some tasks for you to complete
1: i just want to make one more mention of the design uh, in Vilnius, film. So, I realized that to be able to lift something, even though the, the fuselage of the Thopter is not extremely big. I mean, we we learn in part two. You know, you look like it looks like you've got you've got a pilot. You've got two seats on either side, and maybe a couple of seats behind that, and then maybe some people that can sit along the longer part, the the end of the fuselage. So. I don't know how many people you can get in there total i realized when they were you know uh, saving the, the spice harvester workers they, they packed a lot in there but that was a, an emergency um, but what amazes me is and, and also makes me a little nervous sometimes is how long those those blades are in fact when you see the blades all folded back when it's landed it extends so much farther past the actual fuselage of the thopter and so the only thing that, and, and I'll learn this in the flight simulator, I guess, is what is your wingspan when you're flying through a canyon, right? Because those, those wings are so wide that you better realize what that distance is or you're going to have a real problem. So, um, and if there's no AI to help you give, maybe give you an indicator of that, I don't know, we'll, we'll see what that's like, but that's going to require some real skill in a place that has rock canyons and and uh you know uh, obstacles that you need to make sure you don't hit as you're landing so we'll see
0: a lot of crash and burn i feel like (laughs) playing that game yeah so microsoft flight simulator dune expansion is going to be launched as mentioned on november 3rd uh when the movie comes out it's going to be available on xbox series uh x and s and on pc uh, and um, it will be made available to Game Pass subscribers from the day, day one. So you don't necessarily have to purchase uh, the flight simulator separately. You, you can uh, play it as part of that subscription. And um, the simulator can also be accessed on many other devices, including smart TVs, phones, and tablets uh, with uh, the Xbox cloud gaming service. So, Garen, like, you don't necessarily have to have the best possible PC. Like You could theoretically even run this from a tablet connected to your TV, but yeah. Also this past weekend at the PC Gaming Show, we got an update from the developers of Dune Awakening. Joel Bylos, creative director, and Villar Sommerbach, game director, gave an overview of what players can expect from Funcom's upcoming open-world survival MMO game. We also got to see more alpha footage, including some combat exploration, plus concept artwork. In Dune Awakening, players basically start out alone, lone castaways in a deep desert. Maybe you'll have only a knife, and are struggling to obtain water and survive against the world's harsh elements. This includes securing a shelter from threats such as sandstorms and of course the worms. As the game progresses, uh, there will be great freedom for exploration and you'll be able to take your own approach to life on Arrakis with increasingly more and more interaction with other players. Maybe you'll eventually join a guild, maybe start your own. There's opportunity to manage spice harvesting operations or engage in mass combat. In the long run, there's even the possibility that you may become a noble, ruling over your territory while fending off your many enemies. Garen, it sounds like there may even be the possibility of owning a fleet of ornithopters there. <laughs> but beyond that, <laughs> uh, hearing all these uh, these details about this upcoming online game, uh, Garen, what are your thoughts so far? Yeah,
1: I really like what they've revealed. Again, I feel like I've been reading about this game for years. Um, I I like what they revealed about it because being able to choose, uh, the different, um, uh, types of characters as it were, or character classes or whatever they, they call that. I think that's, I think that's super exciting because it's always interesting to play a game and you, you take on the persona of, of, of different characters, whether you're, you're playing the bad guys with the good guys or. I I think they even mentioned uh, you can be a smuggler if I read that correctly. So I like that they're capturing you know the different contexts and and uh, and factions that are that are a part of the Dune universe that that make it so fascinating. Um, but yeah, I think it just it just it feels really promising. I know we've said that on here a lot, but it will just be in the execution of how that feels. But I think they're capturing the right pieces and components to make this successful. Because you've got to make this for the the diehard fans like, like the four of us and the people that really love this universe. You've got to have those the right um, puzzle pieces to make it all fit and make it really appealing. Because this is an opportunity, again, kind of like we just talked about with the flight scene, it's an opportunity to enter the world and to be there and to feel it and, and to, to experience, you know, uh, another, another world. That's what it's all about. So if they can, if they can nail that. This will be a great game.
2: Yeah. I, uh, well, I've said it once on here. I've said it multiple times probably, and I'll say it again. I, this isn't my type of game necessarily, but I will say this is the most interested and, maybe you know excited that I've been about it um because it wasn't just some cinematic trailer it wasn't just you know a general premise and uh you know a genre of of game it was more about the style and the world and the kind of the format and you know giving more sense of you know I guess how true to Dune is it going to be or kind of like what opportunities you're going to have that kind of uh, put you into the the mindset of someone trying to survive on Arrakis and um, you know I've never played one of these types of games before Um, I'm still like not totally sure like how it works in terms of like the guilds and like the fact that it is like this massive multi you know uh, player like online experience so I'm I still have to see a lot more. I know this game is like a ways away. So, you know, there's gonna be a lot more between now and then to maybe sway me into uh, getting it and playing it. But uh, I think that it probably, you know, got more people interested like myself. And of course, anyone that was already excited, I would imagine is more excited after seeing this. There wasn't anything as far as red flags that threw me off or, or really, um, you know, against like anything that, dune fans would would maybe not like uh in a game like this so um still still a lot uh, to come but i thought it was a neat in you know clearly the the most um uh we've gotten so far in terms of information and and insights how this game is actually going to look and play
3: i said in the past as well i am not a big gamer um you know i played my my baseball my fifa and my animal crossing but this game actually makes me really intrigued. And sadly, I think I would need to upgrade to a PS5, something that I would be interested in walking around and just feeling the environment. I think more than the flight simulator. And nothing against like the ornithopters. I think you know they're great and all. But I, I like the idea of just living in the universe more than. The Ornithopter, I think we're limiting the flight similar, but here I kind of want to go on side missions and just get lost in Arrakis. If I get a chance to play this game, maybe put Hans Zimmer's score in the background.
0: Yeah, and to what Garen uh, saying, like th- there's been a lot more revealed in, in terms of how they're going to approach uh, combat. And I, I, I thought that was uh, really interesting. So they, they they said it's basically a combined arm system, uh, which means basically you'll have this really complex uh, combat involving all sorts of different factors. So you'll have like um, vehicles in the air and in the ground. Uh, you'll have uh, melee and, and ranged uh, uh, combat elements. So you'll have people fighting with, with knives, other people are using with uh, uh, guns. But then you'll also have abilities of the great school. So you might have like a mentat who's, who's using their ability and appliance combat. And then all that uh, comes together and it can be like a lot of chaos in math combat, but it can also be like uh, you know, if you plan things the right way then you can have uh, plan a planned strategy over your opponents. So it seems it's going to be really ambitious, like w- w- what they're describing in terms of like this this really uh, mixed t- type of combat. And I also thought it was interesting what they mentioned about uh, shields. So th- there will be shields in the game and all of the you know, if you're using it in a in the desert, then you're you're risking like that the worm comes. But there is that factor. Like in the cases where it does make sense to use a shield, then you know, of course, then you're um, having to use that more close combat um, style. Uh, while in in other situations in the desert, then you can use the more range combat. So there's going to be that constantly like weighing like how should we approach this this different situation. So it seems, yeah, r- r- really really interesting uh, uh, like areas to explore.
1: You know, Marcus. Another thought about that is, um, I know that um, Dune Spice Wars, which has now been out for, gosh, has it been out over a year now. Uh, it's yeah. been that long, and and I think with, uh, I mean, from what I I've been playing it for quite a while, I, I really have enjoyed it. Um, I, I probably am going to take a break from it just for a while because uh, I I really have been playing it quite a bit. Um, I think it's gained quite a following. I think it's I think it's been a successful uh, uh venture overall and what's interesting is it's it's all of those components that you described there's there's all the different ways that you can interact how you can protect your uh you know your territory how you can expand your territory through battles through strategy so if that is a test case on you know on a real-time strategy type of a game is proven successful Then i'd like to believe that that those same components in a much more realistic um first person experience kind of like simon's talking about i want to feel like i'm there i want to i want to see and almost feel like i'm touching and and experiencing all these things but you have those same components that make it really interesting strategy warfare i think i think they really could have something uh, very successful here if they if they make that work so maybe doing spice wars because of its success is a harbinger of of maybe this one doing awakening being successful as well just in a different way a different type of game
2: yeah and guarantee your point and bring up spice wars which yeah it's, i mean it's it's wild that was so long ago now it seems like since it came out um you know as as the i guess the <laughs> member of the team that is most skeptical about these types of games strategy games and whatnot like spice wars i'm glad that that's grown and seemed to gotten better over time and this seems to become more and more intriguing and like they are putting some some you know real thought into to this game i hope it is successful because i just said this to one of my friends the other day i was like when this trailer came out or this this kind of featurette i said the Dune in gaming is such an unexplored, like this is a huge, like gold mine of material. And, you know, I don't want it to be exploited for exploit, you know, exploitation's sake, because I don't want, you know, terrible games coming out. But if we're slowly building up interest and slowly expanding the universe and the movies are the more movies are going to be coming out, the, the fandom will grow and interest will grow. I hope that these games are successful and that they can convince hopefully the people that are in charge that other games, you know, whether it be third person action adventure, first person action adventure, open world, whatever it may be, um, you know, games that I'm, that are more my speed or that are more at least familiar with. um, I I think that that, you know, that's the dream, you know, whether that's, you know, ever going to happen or if it's years away you know, I just think that that would be a very cool um, element and and gaming in general, you know, whatever it may be. I think there's just a lot of opportunity there. There's so many books. We have more films, you know, coming out and uh, comics and and figures and all these different things. But video games, it just seems like there's, it's just waiting to awaken, I guess you, you might say. So yeah, I, I'm sure I'm not the only one thinking that, but I'd be curious to hear what other people have to say about that because I, I'm, I'm thinking I'm probably not the only one that isn't in the strategy games, most likely. Um, but you know, I think that they are they are seeming to get better, and I'm I'm liking more and more that that I'm seeing so
0: far. Talked about that when when I did the interview with the with the guys at uh, Shiro Games. Like Dune Spice Wars was the first um, Dune game, t- a video game to be released in over twenty years. So yeah, that th- definitely a lot of uh, uh, like unexplored uh, territory there. And it's worth noting that Dune Spice Wars is still in, in early access, so it's not even a fully uh, released game yet. But they've been really interacting with the community, like listening to, to feedback and uh, constantly improving the game. So that's that's shown a lot uh, a lot of promise. So that's why uh, yeah, it makes sense that Funcom uh, teamed up with with uh, Shiro Games. Uh, when it comes to um, Dune Awakening, uh, that that's coming back to Funcom's uh, core, um, I guess genre, because they they've built these sort of MMO games before, and they've uh, managed to uh, you know up, update these and uh, keep a good community going for years. Like for example, Conan XLs, I, I believe that's already at least four or five years old, and that's still uh, still going and and receiving uh, updates. So yeah, if, if they can do something similar with the enthusiastic community of, of Dune, I think that there's a uh, need a lot of uh, promise uh, promise in that area so i just
1: want to mention one more thing and this is all in the realm of speculation but <clears throat> with the release of well not not release yet but apple's vision goggles um that'll be coming next year just imagine you guys being able to to put those on and enter the world of arrakis i mean imagine what that would look and feel like and be able to explore the the various worlds that exist there. And I, I just think, just riffing off of your idea, you know, Johnny, of of it's really untapped, even though you're right, we have had these Dune games and especially RTS for a long time. Um, there's just so much, it's just such a fascinating world that people have fallen in love with for 40, 50 years now but being able to actually experience it um, in, in a virtual way that's that's unprecedented, I mean, it would just be amazing. It would be so exciting for people that it would it would be another way for them to get into the universe and and want to to read the books and experience it, but also just to to live in that world. It's I want to see
0: it happen. It's uh, probably going to still be a ways away of releasing the game. I mean. If- i think if they were going to release it this this year we would have heard something so far we haven't even heard about when the open uh, beta is going to be uh, i mean my, from my perspective that that's fine like take all the time you need to really do do the game right um make sure it's true to the, to dune setting that everything is uh, is built correctly that you're spending uh, you know all all the time on the on the the d- design development, making sure it's going to be like a, a error-free ex- experience. Uh, I, th- I think that's that's fine. But uh, yeah, like uh, de- definitely, my, my excitement for for this game has has increased. It's not just gaming news. We've gotten some uh, collectibles and toys announced this past week. Simon, what's coming up? So we got a bunch of cute
3: little random toys that are coming out. <laughs> um, if you guys stayed around last week for the the video show. They made fun of me, especially Garen, if I had a little pet maldi stuff stuffed animal <laughs> with the Animal Crossing bonus. Uh, we're getting a little mouse and a little maldi It's about nine inches. It's supposed to drop on the 23rd of this month and ships, you know, September, October. It's, it's a pre-order, like a lot of these stuff. Uh, you know what? I've already put $30 aside for this little guy. He's adorable. <laughs> and like... It's the first time we get a Deed like stuffy or anything and the same company that's making them is also making these kind of like looking Funko Pop looking stuff. They're super cute but 30 bucks a pop and they're about like 4 or 5 inches tall. I think that's a little bit too high for what they are but once again someone might just randomly pick these up at a toy store or you know a collectible store and be like wow what is this this is kind of cool i never thought dune looked so cool but i'm super excited about the little maudit stuff animal um kind of means that we're going to get more mouse in part two and we're going to finally understand why there was a mouse in part one because i know some people that watch them they're like i don't get the mouse i'm like you will you'll get the, you'll, you'll get the mouse it's very crucial for someone's naming, so I'm excited. I know Johnny is also excited about the little Maudid. Oh yeah, I,
2: I am 100 percent all over the little stuffed maudie. Um, I uh, I don't know. It's it's one of the the kid in me. Uh, I guess things is that I, I I am a sucker for like stuffed animals. I guess whenever I see them, like especially when I go to Disney um I always see them in the stores I'm like oh look at that one look at that one um uh and so I think that uh yeah I'm definitely I showed it to my girlfriend I was like she was like oh yeah you gotta go ahead and get that (laughs) so she's a sucker for that stuff too so um yeah I'll be adding that and uh, uh I think that it's cool that they are doing more it's like just so funny that now we have Deeb merchandise like it's just cool you know what i mean like i i haven't been around the dune fandom as long as as the rest of you but um it just shows i think it, to some degree how far we've come and uh again legendary licensing all that good stuff they'd certainly have their cards played right so far i would say and uh you know as simon said I me mean, that may not be the only deep merchandise we get <laughs> could be some other things but uh yeah no, yeah, very very cute very cool um and we had been talking about that or at least that maybe simon mentioned it and i mean this goes back to me when the first movie came out we're like where's the moi d <laughs> like merch so uh yeah i think it, it's it's fun and uh you know just another piece of kind of movie tie in stuff that uh, just gets me more
1: excited for part two to come out and let's yeah,
3: face th- it it's a cuter mouse than mickey
1: I was just gonna say, I think you, I think Dune has has crossed a threshold when you've got a plush toy. Uh, my wife and I were just over at Disney here. I'm I'm in Orlando on a on a business trip, and in the Star Wars store, there was no less than three or four different Grogu's, right, of all different oh, yeah. shapes and sizes, all all <laughs> animal like, and so yeah. Once you once you've entered the plush toy arena, you're legit. Yeah, we just got to I thought I saw this in the link when I first saw this, this,
2: this critter. Um, I, I was let down. There's no plush shy halud yet. So I guess we're going to have to wait not for that. That'll not be, yet. That'll be around Christmas time, maybe, fingers crossed. Not as, maybe not as aesthetically pleasing
1: for children as, as D might be. Oh. It so might be
3: deep. the only
0: thing that'll put your kid to sleep, you know? <laughs> yeah some some great stories today even without specific movie news still uh, still tons of exciting uh, reveals uh, coming out uh so for today that's uh, we're gonna go ahead and wrap up simon dowdy here you can follow me on all the socials at s dowdy
3: um and you can join me as i will be ordering my plushie mwadid on the 23rd <laughs> of june
2: Thanks everyone again for joining us. Really appreciate the support uh, over the last you know, couple of months here. And uh, it's exciting times. Great to talk about everything. You can follow me on social media, Johnny Stop, check Twitter, Letterboxd, et cetera. And uh, looking forward to the next episode. Thank you.
1: Hey, it's Garen. Uh, appreciate all your support, everyone. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Dune Companion. I'd love to know your thoughts about uh, all the great ornithopter news. I know there's a lot of closet ornithopter fans out there so <laughs> let me let me see your excitement
0: yeah, and this was uh, marcus gabriel editor at dunesnet.com you can find me on uh, twitter and facebook at marcus's writing and yeah you'll be seeing a lot more uh news uh, reviews and uh, updates on dune Talk show in the upcoming weeks see you next time we hope you've enjoyed dune talk remember to like subscribe and turn on
1: notifications
0: so you know when the next episode drops stay tuned to dunenewsnet.com and add us to your social feeds be the first to hear breaking news and reviews